Hello everyone and welcome to episode 51 of the NTS podcast. Um, we are still doing the podcast, even despite the fact that we both look like we're off, like we've just been enlisted in the army. <laughs> and this wasn't coordinated. We've just both turned up with skinheads basically uh, on the same day. Yeah, we've uh, we've we've probably done it. I've I t- I'm gonna gonna lay it out here right now. I have had I have had this for about two two weeks because I've had uh, I've had a hat on the entire time because <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. It's like literally only the time I'm like it's bearable. Now. Like it has been it's it's been a, it's been something else. Yeah. But, uh, when barbers aren't open. You know, and you give your your other half the razor, and you just say, take it all off. They they take it all off, and, and they, they really did. yeah, mine was done with my beard trimmer as well, so it was like a bit of a struggle, I think. But we got there in the end. Um, and we've got the UKL in chat saying football shirt and a buzz cut. All you need is a pint now. <laughs> it was going to be I was going to maybe swap out to my Spurs shirt as well, but then um, we lost today, so I didn't do that. I just stayed with my nice Peru one. Oh. What was the what was the score? Because I was I was I was driving, but I've got a new new area. I'm actually officially back home. Um, nice. Yeah, we so lost. Uh, Spurs lost two one against West Ham, which I know is their cup final every year anyway. So they're obviously going to turn up. But um, yeah, less said about that, the better I think. Let's um, let's maybe go into the episode then, rather than just talk about our hair. So um, it is of course the team of the split episode, as you probably tell from the title. Um, might be the official team of the split for the NLC, depending on whether they uh, they actually do their own one or not this time around. We were the official one last time, so um, we'll say that tentatively. Uh, before we get into that, maybe just cover so, over... This is the official, unofficial, official team of the split. Yeah, exactly. Um... Team of the split, because we do too. But still, like, <laughs> whichever one gets the most mentions is the official, unofficial, official, yeah. official team of the split on Twitter. So it's easy. Mm-hmm. And then, it's yeah, so it's just all about the interactions anyway. And obviously, Singh retweeted yours last time, so that was it was ideal. Um, and then I got the I got the other end of of Mikma and Godsent guys flaming mine, but you know they all they all count as interactions, don't they? So uh, never mind. But yeah, before we kind of go into it, um, obviously we maybe just talk a bit about what actually happened in the last week first. So we did just have the last week of the regular season, um, and it was a pretty banger of a week as well. Like there was yeah. a few decent upsets. Uh, group A going into it was the one where really we had no idea what was going to go, what was going to end up because we had third all the way down to sixth that was still kind of all um, all tied up. Dusty in the end were the ones, unfortunately, that, that have gone to relegations, which is kind of a bit sad considering they'd obviously been on an upswing. And um, yeah, but then it just kind of seemed to fall apart a bit the last week. They did have a tough week against XL and Nordavind and then Nordavind kind of finally seemed like they're getting things together for the final week as well which is kind of lucky because obviously they themselves could have been in relegations um mm-hmm. yeah it was crazy it just kind of seemed to be just whoever was playing better in that last week um and they had obviously that that kind of mad granite game against tricked as well where granite hadn't won since week two and have just been on this massive loss streak and then it was just like kind of a bit of a fiesta to be honest he had like paulson doing Azir ults onto no one, and then he had Sahira doing a corky TP onto his uh, package from base, the one meter away. It was just crazy. And the Kerberos Nasus game, which when I saw that, I was just thinking, I thought I was watching Demise for a second from, from UKLC Spring. <laughs> I thought, okay, this is the stage Nord of Interat where it's just fully let Kerb try and push. Uh, but it, it obviously worked. They won that game. Um, and that was one against Granite as well. And he was a, he was a, 
a real pest for him as well. So he was literally just smashing turrets, but and it got to that point he had like eight hundred stacks or something, and it was beautiful. Yeah, it was it was it was, it was what I want to see Kerberos do every single time, win or lose. Just <laughs> get him on Nathus, get him on uh, Yorick. You know, Yorick's not even in the match. Get him on Yorick just mm-hmm. to smash turrets. That's all he needs. Well, literally, I don't even I can't even think of the last time I would have seen a Nathus in a competitive game anyway. But he made it work. <laughs> And it's one of those, like, if you just, I don't know, if you can just survive and get late enough, it, it's just ridiculous and just one-shots pretty much everyone. Um, so, yeah, that kind of, the group is still not even fully worked out. I think we're going to have maybe a tiebreaker with Godsent and, and Granite. So, XL, Nordovin, and Tricked are all definitely in playoffs. Godsent and Granite, though, fourth and fifth are tied because I think they've got an equal uh, head-to-head as well. So, yeah, that, the win for Granite against Tricked was literally, like, the last chance they had to have a playoff shout. Uh, and obviously they won it, and that was kind of a bit of an upset itself as well. Um, and let's be soon. honest, let's let's just say this straight away, yeah. Um, just the fact that Nordvind, yeah, could finish second in this group doesn't mean that Nordvind were as great as what they actually seem about. Because also there's a tiebreaker between Nordvind and Tricked happening. Because what I've just realised, yeah, I saw five and five from Nordvind, and like they're they're the one on one team. They've literally mm-hmm. gone one on one, I think, with every everybody in that group. Which is which is ridiculous. Yeah. Considering like the other one is against BTXL, um, but obviously they're going against Trick now. Tricks have lost four in a row. Like that is insane to see. Kind of like that is essentially what Granite had just before they kind of went into that went into the final win. Yeah. So this is this is very much like a team which is going in with momentum to a team which is you know slowly not you know Tricks were very much in contention for that first spot and then like four losses later you know. They were probably lucky, actually, given the strength of the quality of actually what happened in that last week. That they had those kind of like massive early game kind of leads in the in not massive early game leads, but because like they had those like early wins early yeah. on in the season. Because with how close it ended up being, like this could have easily been tricked versus Godsent, tricked versus Granite for that final spot of playoffs with the mm-hmm. way it was going. But um, I'm really happy to see. Granite's still in it. I, I, you know, I, 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 I think it's unbelievable the fact that they actually could potentially get into playoffs. Yeah. Obviously, there was a, there was a lot of things, but you know, even they even so we had we had the coach on yet last week. They even said like they're just going to give the best shot that they can do. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about Group B, but there's another team in there which has surprised me of how they've made it to playoffs. But let's just talk about Dusty for a second as well. Like, what what went wrong? Do you think really for Dusty? Because like. We have, obviously you look at Group B, you kind of look at Eminem. Kind of a lot of things went wrong. They were they were kind of dead and buried, unfortunately, very early on in the split. They had just a not a great record. But Dusty for me weren't actually like a bad team. Yeah. I felt in this. So so what what do you kind of think? Like was it just there wasn't enough games, or like they just lost two games and that's it for them? Really? Yeah, because I I can kind of feel for them. Obviously, they had like. Uh... Legions couldn't play for the first week, and then the second week when he came back, they still I think went 0 and 2. And I can only presume that was because he'd obviously just joined, and they were still trying to sort things out with him. And then from week well week three and four, they looked quite good. They picked up three wins out of four games, and it kind of looked like they were back on upswing. I feel like obviously those, with those first few few games kind of being write offs because they were you know sort of all over the place with the roster, for them to kind of be getting back into it now and then have a week where they've got XL and Nordovind who were now playing good. It's kind of maybe unfortunate on 
yeah, on the schedule as well. If this week had been maybe sort with their week one where they maybe didn't have to play such strong opposition, now that they're a bit in form again, yeah, it could have been better. And it's crazy because it's so close. They're still one win away from a playoff spot, but yeah. because they couldn't get it, and yeah, they didn't sort of patch things up until later on, they're in relegations. But to be fair, I don't really see any chance that they'd go down with the way they've been playing recently. If they, As long as their heads don't drop too much or anything, I think they'll be fine. Looking at the other side, though, so looking on Group B, um, with Eminem obviously locked in playoffs as well. well just before, before we go into oh, yeah. that, though, like, who do you think, what do you think, kind of like, because obviously I believe that the playoffs, the, the tie-in, sorry, are going to happen next week, because yeah. I think that the week after that we're going to do into playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the order's going to be then? Like, do you think that it's going to be Nordov in second, or and do you think that your Granite will consent which one you think is going to go Um It's really hard. I think, I'd think out of the Nordvin tricked, I'd probably say Nordvin just from the last week, because obviously it's going to be, you've got some, I suppose, some form sort of playing into it. Tricked, who did they play this week? Yeah, so they lost yeah, They lost to Godsend and Granite this week. It's obviously really they not good. They lost to Tears, so they should have won, won again. Yeah. But you could also say that Tricked were essentially confirmed for playoffs by that week. I think it, they were confirmed for playoffs, yeah. I believe. So you could take that with a grain of salt, but I, I also take four losses. Yeah, it was, it was quite a big kind of indicator. It wasn't like this was that uh, they kind of they kind of stumbled in finish past the finish line. It kind of felt like you know it yeah. was like they were doing so well, and then they just tripped and kind of crawled across it at the end, and that's what it seems a little bit like it. And but we could see there is still quality in that trick side. I think to beat Nord of it. Um, if I have to kind of go off right now, I would I would say Nordvin because I feel like Nordvin are on this high. Like they're on this like kind of big high of a team, which let's be honest, yeah, we were saying throughout this entire split, like this team should be doing better. This mm-hmm. team should have been second, you know. And yes, it's going to look a bit weird. Then obviously now, if they finish second, I don't think they were all going to be completely happy with their performances. But to get that by in the playoffs means so much by finishing second. So I, I think that I think that Nordvin are going to win it in terms of who I think is going to go into the playoffs. It's. I think it's. It's a toss up. Genuinely, yeah. I at this point we we've seen granite. We've seen what granite can do. We've seen what Godsent have do, uh, have done. So for me, the very equal sides actually looking into it now. Like mm-hmm. they've obviously the synergy and everything like that has kind of gone. But I feel like granite kind of clicking at the end. Yes, again, it was against Trick who had already qualified. But that them clicking at the end, I think, kind of meant a lot. Yeah. You know, and I think that that kind of meant quite quite a bit. Whereas with Godsent, I think that honestly, we haven't talked about Godsent that much. They've just been consistent, though. Yeah. Like genuinely, mm-hmm. they've they've never once like in that group. I've talked about kind of like Nordvin, Dusty, Granite as like the three where I'm like, oh, I don't know where they're going to finish. But I've never once been like Godsent. Ah, they're going to struggle. I just they just felt like a solid side this split. So mm-hmm. I could also see them kind of pulling off their loss. People, if people don't know, what's against BT? You know, they've got a one loss on the form. It's against BTXL, what can you do about that? You know, um, they beat Tricked. So both kind of teams are going in, basically beating you know the same opposition with Trick, with mm-hmm. Tricked, with Godsend, and then obviously with with Granite with with Tricked. So I I'm gonna give it. I am I am gonna give it to Godsend. I think that I think that the the victory for Trick for Granite, sorry, is great. But I, I think the over consistency, I think, of how they've done this season, I think Godsend are actually a good shout in to get it. But it could yeah. be it could be 
I think I'd agree. I think, yeah, Godsent look a bit more of a stable side, if you like. Um, but it's a tough one. Like, it's just kind of, I think it maybe depends more on how Granite turn up. I think it's mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, if they play well, well this is going to sound stupid. Obviously, they play well, they'll win. If they don't play well, they'll lose. But you kind of feel like you kind of know what you're going to get with Godsent, whereas Granite could be sort of either end a bit more. You know what? Yeah, for a team which, let's be honest, didn't even know they were going to be in the NLC, like, what, for like three weeks beforehand. Which is, you know, they, they already said that they announced most of their team, which was going into the, the Tellier, into yeah. the Tellier League. For Granite to get fourth and to stay in the league is, is a brilliant, brilliant testament for them anyway. Mm -hmm. that to then get playoffs is, is, again, like, unbelievable. Because especially, you know, you look at the team they've got to beat. They've got to beat the team which everybody doubted last split in Godsent. So the the, the story's there as well, you know. But <laughs> yeah. then if Godsent gets if Godsent again with I would say two, obviously the first one was mega underrated. Nobody expected anything, you know. And they ended up getting playoffs. This one, I, I would say that people weren't like underestimating them as much, but I don't think people were expecting them maybe to be in this kind of close of a yeah. race. Um, so for them to get playoffs again, again would be would be ridiculous. I think it's a good. Good. It's good for either of those organizations, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we've got Froomey in the chat actually saying he's predicting Godsent, but then he says uh, he does know Granite has something potentially spicy on the cards. So, um, well, we'll, we'll wait and see what that is. Um, but yeah, look at. Is it Akira, the, the main carry on, like Gallio? Imagine. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I that won't happen. It won't be that. Like, no. I hope not. If I, I, I want to see, I want to I see Tahira on, like, the most. Carry, put him on Yasuo. That's the spicy one. Yeah, on I think, yeah. We'll see. Um, but yeah, maybe looking at Group B then. Um, someone was going to touch on earlier was was about Eminem. So when we talk about Dusty, you know they do look like they've been improving, and would be kind of be surprised to see him get actually get relegated. Uh, and when we think back to last year, uh, well, last split, we had um, Singularity who were kind of closest to this Eminem point where they they had looked kind of a bit of a mess really and, and hadn't really picked things up that much but even they although they i think it was like a 3-2 against cover a reverse sweep i think it might have even been yeah. where they were almost relegated but then kind of clawed it back but when you think if you compare that singularity side to this m&m team i think this m&m team is kind of shown even less um and then when you've got teams like absolved and like resolve in in the uklc and, and like the, the danish I was, league I, 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 I looked at that and I was like, you know, you've got, like I said, those two teams, Absolved and Resolved. Obviously, you've got Australis Talent as well. Now, we, in these names, they may not even go on to win their actual <laughs> yeah. leagues. I believe that they're all, all there going to play else. But I look at like, Australis Talent, I look at Absolved, you know, and I, I look at kind of Resolved for me personally. And I'm like, these are these are three good teams. You know, like these are three really, really decent teams. And if I am... Eminem, I would be slightly worried. I, I would say more for Absolved, in my opinion. You know, when you've got the likes of Rege in Telia, which I find I find absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you've also got Salt, obviously, for result. You've got some good players in there. So, um, it, we could see. I mean, to be fair, technically we didn't get any relegations, didn't we, last split? Mm -hmm. Because all, all the, the UKLC, the, all the teams, the NLC teams won. But we technically got two. But this will be like the first I think we'll actually get like one like official relegation promotion. Yeah. I think, mm -hmm. I, and and I worry that it, it probably will be Eminem. Yeah, you know? there's no slate on Eminem. I love Eminem as an organization, but I think you look at like one and nine. It's not been good enough. Like they've not 
it, there's there's been apart from when airs played really well i i feel like there's not been many ch- games where i've been like this is a this is an nlc quality team yeah. that's unfortunate whether it's not worked for them or anything like that i don't know but they were always the team which kind of stood out for me for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. it's because like, you think when you think back to last split where obviously they were in the same position um but of course then you had the whole thing with monk playing mid and even when he was still playing mid you could kind of see you could kind of think well okay maybe sort something out with with the mid laner you know whether it be monk move to adc or just change him out you could kind of see a way to fix it i think it was um kakan was playing top and he, he was playing all right the bot lane wasn't playing too bad and you kind of see okay maybe one or two changes they could kind of bring it around this split they haven't made any changes but then when you think about it it's it's almost kind of hard to see what you know what the changes would be like there's no one's yeah. really there no one's really kind of stood out as even being someone that sort of looks good on that on that team while they've struggled i don't think so it's yeah it's a real tough one um Let's just hope. Oh, and, and because with it, with it being so early on, like they lost, they they won the first game of the split, yeah. and then lost nine after that. So it's like eventually, like unless you're going to make changes really early on, which I, I don't think they wanted to. The reason why they made changes at the beginning is because they tried the experiment with Monk last split, you know, and and it didn't work. So they could have easily there was an easy change of changing positions yeah. there. But I don't think they they actually wanted to kind of drop anybody in the split, you know, mm-hmm. um, and with the way that kind of the the league was going unless like you saw something similar from riddle when they went like one and four one and five there's there was there was not really much hope for them there unfortunately yeah it's, it wasn't like rupee where anybody could have gone up and gone down just for the way that i think how competitive it was like at the top mm-hmm. like in group a it was competitive in the middle but it was very like top heavy i felt like group b in terms of who was fighting each other yeah definitely but can we talk about with Group B, Cova, right? Right. We have we have hardly mentioned Cova at all, <laughs> yeah. I think. But they deserve massive, massive respects for getting into the playoffs. You know, we've potentially got two sides who were not meant to be in the NLC last split make it into the NLC playoffs, which I think is is brilliant. Like, I mean, Cova had a lot more time than Granite. But mm-hmm. like, still, they weren't. They initially weren't going to be in. I think there was a lot more of like, because they knew they won Talia Masters, and with the whole situation that was happening with with Monster and Feelin, I feel like they kind of had like an inkling a little bit more than what was happening with like Ents, for example. But to get them to, for them to be into playoffs, I think it, it is really, really positive, especially over a side like, in my opinion, Riddle, who had bravado in their team. You know, they, they, they had like a good set team in Riddle, you know, and Kova managed to do that. And in my opinion, are they pro- are they going to do go any further than that? No, if I'm being <laughs> honest. But uh, for me, I think if, if you ask Kova right at the beginning, that you would be comfortably in that playoffs. Uh, by the last week, I, I think they... No, they so they won't they locked it in on the last on the on the I think it was the last day on the first day wasn't it? the last week on the first day I think I'm not sure so but, yeah. but they locked it in like they had a game to spare but to ha- actually lock it in with a game to spare I think was great yeah and um well the the kind of fifth team then in that group obviously was Riddle who yeah well sort of one game out of the end um but kind of went out with a bang in the last week beating Fnatic which yeah. was yeah kind of didn't seem like it was on the cards as well and um I, i'm gonna probably say his name wrong but or or, or a, the uh, the adc sort of popping off that game as well uh, i think it was being like played vain in that game maybe it was like a 
bit overconfident because yeah, it's not really a pick that seems like a metal one right now. It's not really one you see, and then he just got kind of slammed on it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, at least nice to see Riddle sort of go out fighting, but. Didn't look bad. Like yeah. I don't think Riddle looked bad. Uh, the, also, just in case people didn't know, if Riddle had beaten Barrage, they still wouldn't have made playoffs because they went zero and two to Cova. Yeah. So that that that's why. But that that kind of highlights again. Cova beat who they needed to beat. You know, the, the four wins were against. It was a it was a one on one with Barrage, one on one with Eminem, um, and then they beat Riddle two zero. So they they kind of beat the sides which they really needed to. Arguably, obviously, the first game of the season, Cova Eminem. You could probably, get, you know, it's it could go anyway. I would say with that, but like mm-hmm. they beat the sides b- below them and and got a good result against Barrage, and and that kind of secured it for them. Yeah. Now we have got another playoff, I believe, in this one. I, I'm looking. Do we? I think we might Barrage against Singularity. I'm pretty sure they're both aren't they one on one? Yeah, we do. So we have another we have another like uh, match, um, which are, so I think there's three in total going on. And it's Barrage v Team, Team Singularity. Now, this is... I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm really looking forward to this match because, again, second, I believe, gives you a bye. I think it's quite I think it's quite an important spot to have in second, if I can remember correctly. If I'm not, but either way, getting second in your group is good. Um, I would absolutely... I don't know who's going to win. I, 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 was, I, was, I don't know what I was going to say, but I would absolutely. I was going to say, I don't know who's going to win. Genuinely, because you know, when Barrage won, Barrage looked really good. When Singularity won, Singularity looked really good. Um, I think they've both got like players in there who are performing so so well. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to edge it, I would actually edge it to Team Singularity, but again, a little bit like on the opposite side, a little bit like the Godsend Granite game. I don't know how you can predict this one. I think it's it's so interesting, yeah. I think it's tough. I'd yeah, I'd probably give it to Singularity, but yeah, it's it's another one that's really difficult. And um, yeah, I could see two UK orgs, I suppose, in a way, <laughs> fighting out for that place as well. Exactly. <laughs> Whoever two. wins, the UK wins. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. With that, I think maybe let's uh, let's go on and, and start doing our team of the split. We have got a nice uh, fancy graphic ready, so cool. get ready to transition. There we go. We've gone, and there we right. go. We. So interactive this time, so that you know that when we done team of splits in the past, you just have to kind of remember who we've said throughout the episode. But um, yeah, now you'll see it on the screen, which will be hopefully a bit more helpful. Um, so let's just crack on with it then. Let's get start with the top lane. Yeah, I was going to say, should we start with one of the most obvious ones, which is top lane? Yeah. I've, well, and yeah, we'll start with that. And um, just for anyone watching to understand, we we haven't talked about who we're going to vote for as well so we are kind of going into each other's blind um i guess if you think it's obvious is it maybe a rome that you that you've gone for of course it's a rome so i'm gonna give you my reasoning for why it's a rome one he's been an absolute beast like he he he's he's clearly like a better player than i would say most people in erls if i'm being, being completely honest yeah but i looked at this split and i looked at a rome Kerberos and Mummus, yeah, as the as the three for me in my in the style of like, well, not really Orome in his style, but just of his quality. But like Mummus and Kerberos, I look I looked at them as kind of like these are like the the gatekeepers, you know. And in my opinion, while I think Mummus has looked a lot has looked really good for Barrage, uh, Kerberos I think has been a little bit shaky. 
And Arome just makes both of them just not look as good. And, and that is no mm-hmm. fault to Kerberos and to Mummus at all. I just think Arome, for me, has been the king of the top lane. And it, it's clearly been shown by that, I think, with the way that he's been playing. He's not been, like, mega flashy, which is what I, I kind of expected. Like, Arome to play a little bit, like, more aggressive because, you know, wanting to kind of prove himself. But he's played kind of this team role. Yeah, uh, and he's played the team role great, and and it's and it's kind of what you I would say you you expected from a Rome. It's what a Rome has been doing for a while, but to to see him kind of do it in like an ERL level and to still do it like a really really high level. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anybody else, in my opinion, for me, it, this is one of the most one sided picks out of it, and it, and, and it's yeah. not because we've not got strong top laners as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I agree. Like he's. Yeah, he hasn't kind of been overly flashy, but I feel like he's just, he's still kind of what, it feels like he wins lane every game, like no matter what the, the matchup is or anything. The one that kind of stood out for me a bit was, I think it was the first game when they played against Nordwind and he was against Kerberos. And I went back to double check it. He literally got like, he got a flame horizon over him. So he had like more than a hundred CS difference. And I kind of feel like it was just like the first game. It's like, okay, then I'll just show him, you know, I can sort of stomp someone in the first game, done that, and then just played what you need to play and, and just been so solid and yeah i don't think anyone's really sort of stood up against him that much like he seemed to yeah just win pretty much every lane and had a real good impact um i would say I would say pride was another one yeah Probably, like for me i last lit pride was not like i was not great in my opinion i, I think he was really good but I, I i don't think he was at like a massively high level and i think a lot of people kind of saw like pride and, and and saw kind of bravado unfortunately it's like the the two kind of what are they going to do in this fanatic side and i thought both of them actually performed pretty well when they were there i think pride has actually really stepped up as well for fanatic it's a little bit more skewed though with pride because he, he did miss two games so it's like he did actually only lose one game with with fanatic so yeah. kind of shows that it's in his influence with them and then you, you've also got like i said got the likes of wise as well i think mm-hmm. he's had like another really consistent um like for me underrated season and I, and then you've kind of got others up there as well but uh so i'm not so i mean the, the champion pool has not been it's not the sorry the player pool for top laners has actually been really high this split and i think if if it was anybody but arome probably there i, I don't think i think it would be a lot of a harder of choice yeah i just think he's actually just that much better i think, that, I think that's so. why I think with um, Wiseau being a good shout, it's kind of like a, an honourable mention as well. And when I was kind of going through and looking at um, looking over some of the stats for like different players as well, one thing I've noticed too is like when you look at um, on Singularity, the I think it was the gold share especially. Like he's not the one that kind of gets many of the resources on there. It is mainly sort of Dragdar and, and Furoy in the mid, but his kill participation was still one of the highest of any top laner. So he still kind of has an impact with everyone. You know, yeah, sort of helping out throughout the game but then without actually getting the resources for it so it's fair enough and um just going back to pride as well i kind of disagree a little bit i think well i think i even get, maybe gave him mvp last split um i kind of for his oh, yeah. partly for his um yeah. improvement because the split before that especially people who question him quite a lot and then i think at the start of summer last year everyone was kind of wondering if they might have gotten rid of him and upgraded and then he kind of stepped up a bit and, and did pretty well and then this split, he's kind of gone, in a way, like a bit more sort of like subdued in the way that he's kind of just gone more to to sort of play and more utility. I think so. He's yeah, he's just doing that similar you job are, kind of to Wise or Ways. He's just correct. doing the job he needs to. 
You are yeah. correct. I I am still under the imp- opinion that the previous split was UK LC. <laughs> you are correct. He was very good in the NLC. He was very very good in the NLC. But yeah, I, I again though I think he's I think he's consistently shown. Yeah. Like definitely. really again a, another close close kind of you know contender I think for it and you know I, I kind of hoped you went for someone different but I, <laughs> I, normally I like to think of like well you know I might just edge it to someone else because you know it, I don't want kind of just everyone to have be from the same team kind of thing for the point so but this one I was like I have. I can't. I can't not put a Romy in there. Unfortunately, yeah. not unfortunately. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, now, I think another role. If we're going to move on to jungle, which I could not put anybody else in, it is. Uh, is it Macoon? Macoon. Yeah, we <laughs> we're two and two so far, Tom. I've got the same. One of the best junglers in in, in the ERLs, in my opinion. Well, so... and he got his shout out on the LEC. I don't know if you saw. Um... <laughs> yeah, we're. Um... Basically, Shocks did like this little segment where they had trouble over. Um, I or, like, saw that. Uh, I did. Oh uh, yeah, so they basically asked her like, "Who is the you know like a standout player that we're looking at from the NLC?" And they had this like graphic ready for him and everything, like with some of his stats and that. So he's got like a yeah, real nice push on there. But um, I'd kind of have to agree, really, especially with the jungle at least. But um, I think there were actually a. F- a few. I think this one was maybe a bit closer than than top. I don't think it, it was maybe as clear as uh, as Arome was. I thought people like um, Maxi, obviously on Fnatic as well, had a really good split. I think mm-hmm. um, Nolte on Singularity has done pretty well. It's kind of given that um, I think he maybe struggled a bit on Nordovin last year. Yeah. But then when you look at Mark Kunisar, his his KDA is outrageous. It's like the highest in the in the league of any position by miles. He's got like a fourteen KDA. Which is just crazy. Um, yeah, was there... I think I do think it. So jungle stats, I feel like this split have been overinflated a lot more because, because in my opinion, probably jungle support are like the two biggest roles I I felt mm-hmm. in League of Legends, and it's at least when you know competitive uh, play was happening. Uh, but it's it's what I find even more interesting is that the fact that like. I've I love like Dan as a player. I love the style of player that Dan plays. It's mm-hmm. not like a mega flashy and a mega attractive play, even though he is changing that a little bit. Uh, Ad Excel himself, but like he McCoon plays just such a different style, uh, like such more, I, for me like more of an aggressive style. And I really love that, and I I love the fact that like he's willing to kind of go into these situations and. He knows that he's gonna go out of it, okay, you know. And, and for me, that's like shows that he's got such like not just like a mechanical skill for it, but he's kind of got that mindset for it. And I think that that's really good. And um, a lot of people, and I wasn't in this bandwagon, but a lot of people are like, "Oh, yeah, McCoon should just be in LEC now." You know, a lot of people when it when they announced that he yeah. was going to be on BT, they were saying like, "What this guy is like going to be in LEC?" And and I was like, "Well, I personally didn't see like a lot of him." So I wanted to see kind of what he likes, but like in terms of just mechanical skill, and I think where of all of the map, I think he's he's really really good. And I I actually do I disagree with you. I think that there was like whenever I saw McCoon play against other other junglers, I felt the difference. And I, and, that, and I know that sounds really weird, but I, I felt it, it's a similar thing when I saw. Um, when I saw Dan kind of play as mm-hmm. well, actually, it was like I I felt that Dan was just better at like working around the map or just the little things sometimes, not even just macro. Um, 
and I, I do get that same feeling with, with McCune, just in a different way, in a more aggressive kind of style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had a glance as well with his KDA, and it is, it is ridiculous. I've just seen Crazy. it now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty nuts. Um, let's maybe go on to mid, where I think where it, where it does get a, quite a bit tougher. Um, and yeah, for me, this is really hard. I feel like if if I if we had to do this a couple of weeks ago, it might have been different to what it is now. So I'll kind of start with maybe saying one that it, that it isn't, that I, I think I maybe would have voted for. Um, well, two players, really. One of them was Paulson on Tricked, who I felt like was a you know a big part of, of why they were doing so well. But then that kind of drop-off that Tricked have had as a whole kind of puts a question mark on that, I think, a bit. And another one kind of, maybe not because of sort of a dip in form, but um, Fiori as well. With singularity, I thought it'd been really, really good. But then when you kind of go and look, uh, kind of even look at, looking back through his sort of match history and, and just singularity's games in general, a lot of those games where they do play well are uh, kind of, they should be kind of in a way, but it's against the teams that are below them. And then when you look at them playing against Fnatic and Barrage, who are the teams sort of level and above, that's where you don't really see those kind of pop-off games and, and maybe don't see quite as much of an impact. So those are kind of a couple where I suppose it would have been nice to give it to someone not on Excel Fnatic. Um, but I think for those reasons, I, I couldn't quite bring myself to. I've maybe gone for a bit of a cop-out one. Uh, and I've got Forbidden as mine. And it might just be sort of the the story of it. Oh, so I yeah. want to see him do well. Um, but I think it was What really you're good. doing, you saw my tactic when I put Kasing in. Like, <laughs> right, retweet yeah. it. Retweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, Forbidden is... Is is a good good choice, and it's a very very solid choice. I feel like uh, personally, I haven't got Feverbin. You could go in a little bit more of why you have. But personally, why I haven't got Feverbin is for me, he felt a little bit too much like a supportive role, and and that's the unfortunate thing maybe with mid lane in general. Like when I look at kind of who I look at players in positions, unfortunately, I look very like aesthetically, and I will probably favour more like attacking minded players, and mm-hmm. and that's just I feel like how my kind of mind works when it comes to kind of looking at someone who's who's i would consider good because let's be honest it's our opinions you know like it, it isn't like a definitive thing that just because we've not said <laughs> one person it means anything uh it's just a bit of fun so i actually i i look for more for like standout moments and stuff like that. and mm-hmm. while i think that everything has like has been really really solid for fanatic and and has clearly shown that he's like a veteran you know and, and a leader in that team which is which is what i think was very much needed, actually. Actually, looking at it, um, I didn't put it in because for me, he, he didn't. For, there were rarely any moments I felt where I was like, "Oh, this is for this is Febervin, like popping off," and mm-hmm. and I, and that's why for me. Um, but I want to I, I want to see your reasons why because I think that you've definitely definitely worthy of it. I think it's maybe the reasons you said for him not to. It's kind of yeah because he has been sort of so solid. I kind of compare was in my mind, sort of comparing it to when we spoke about um, about leader playing at, at this level and how he sort of openly would admit that he's not playing the meta stuff, he's just playing to try and stomp people. Um, and we kind of spoke about how in the first, I think it was maybe in the first week or two, we kind of seemed forbidden, it look, sort of looked like trying to show that he can just play what is actually needed and and show what would be needed when he goes up back to NEC or if and when rather than just try and um, sort of come down and just be flashy and yeah. stumble over everyone where it, and it perhaps not actually translates so much to the LEC. So um, 
yeah, kind of going the opposite end on it, really. I think he's just done a great job of showing that he can just play what he needs to and, and just be that kind of team player. Um, but yeah, I kind of see as well, yeah, how it kind of goes the other way. You you obviously like to see flashy moments, which you, I don't. I suppose we didn't really get much of. Uh, hard. It was very hard, like, I feel like, early on, especially in the mid lane with, with, with how it was. Uh, I am saying, though, I am being an, an, an extreme hypocrite because I'm pretty sure the exact same reasons why you voted Febovin in, in this team <laughs> is why I voted Kasing in the previous team. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I understand. Uh, for me, it was actually between two. It was between Random and... and, for, and I can never say his name. Ferrari? For, Fury, uh, I think. Or Fury? Fury. Fury. Yeah, it was between those two because... I kind of look at players for me who kind of stood out, mm-hmm. and maybe it is because you know they're not playing for like you know the the academy teams. I kind of looked at it. I was like, these players have actually really stood out, and 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 to be fair, definitely oh, I've I've definitely like underestimated them. So maybe kind of me looking at them is like, wow, actually these are a lot better players than what I was expecting them to be. Uh, in the end, I went for. Uh, should I just go? Should I go for random because I can say it? <laughs> Oh, right, I went for uh, for for for, for, Ruri. Say, for Fury. Fury. I think you'll get away with that. I, I went for Fury because mm-hmm. I, I I genuinely I there's not been many times, especially in a mid lane, where I've kind of like I I want to see how they play and I like to see how they play around him. I like to see how aggressive they they are. They they he's obviously. What I like though as well is that he's not just played like mega aggressive games. Like he had like an Azir game, you know. He's had like Lucian games, you know. So when you've had an, you've ranged from Azir to Lucian, like so for me, like you, you've been able to kind of play like that scale into like the the really early aggressive style. Style, yeah. I believe I checked the stats. Like he played like two games with Azir, two games with Lucian, won won all of those. So for me, that kind of shows like again in like a small sample size, which mm-hmm. kind of the. the diversity of which he actually had in singularity um however i do have to respect random i believe random played like eight different champions in the split which is which is an insane amount i believe that ferrari played seven so to, to play eight different mid laners i think is really impressive yeah. it was it was very much i i said off i think i said it off stream that there was like there was one position where to this like point i was like which one am i gonna go for but yeah for me I, i'm going for ferrari maybe if barrage win in the in the you know the uh the tiebreaker i might veto it <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no but i i feel like aggressive uh very much what i like in a mid laner maybe it isn't the style of what the meta is um yeah i can't say much more i i really enjoyed playing it and i think he deserves to be mm-hmm. in there yeah that's fair um, and i think that's actually... singularity as well yeah and i think um yeah, like I say, when you kind of look at some of those different champs, well, I think with both with Fury and Random, they... I just see three meters in chat saying tragedy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Unlucky. But yeah, when you look at those different champs, there are some, yeah, that are sort of kind of non-meta, like you've got Fury played Seraphine, um, Zoe, which you don't really see too much at the moment, and then Random, people like Echo, Cassidin. So I suppose even that is it's kind of like the sort of unseen thing that they kind of bring where, you know, it's maybe not something you notice when they're literally playing on the, on someone's wrist, but then in, in like draft, obviously it makes it tricky to know what they're going to play and probably hard to even sort of scrim against and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of a different and edge that they bring as well. I feel like we do have to mention him as well. Hattrick's played very well again this split. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, 
a reason why I didn't even like think of him in mind is because he he played that Febovin role. He played a very similar role mm-hmm. to what Febovin was playing. Um, and for me, they both played them excellently. And there's a, there's a reason why. To be fair, let's be honest. Probably these mid laners who have played that role are, are, are top in their respective groups because I feel like they they stuck a lot more to the meta where maybe the other teams thought that they wanted to play a little bit more aggressive and it worked for the likes of Singularity and Barrage definitely that's why both of them for me are are in contention yeah and I suppose the only other one the the one mid laner that either won the match or would always get two bans uh, was Sahira, obviously. But, um... Yeah, oh, if, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, like I do have to also, yeah, we do have to credit Sahira. Like genuinely, in terms of like, no, I, I hate saying it in terms of most valuable player because we do have an MVP, but I don't think of MVP as that regards. I just think MVP yeah. is best player. Mm-hmm. But in terms of legitimately most valuable player, it's Sahira at Granite. Like, mm-hmm. like he. He has been so so pivotal pivotal to them. So yeah, good job for for including him. He definitely deserves a shout. Yeah, yeah. and glad to see them win without Rise Victor as well. Um, even yeah. if it was a bit yeah. of a scrappy game. Um, let's go on from there. Then maybe go to ADC. And I thought ADC was actually a, quite a tough one as well. And I was kind of I'm an R in and maybe had a, a few names that I could have gone for. Um, I've kind of kept up the. Uh, the theme of academy players so far um and oh, it's well. the same with adc so i've gone for bean from Fnatic, but okay. um it was really hard i think like there was a lot of people uh, when i've kind of gone through and made notes and and kind of jotted down names that i thought also played well i've ended up with basically half of the the league in here so i've gone for bean i think it's just another yeah he's just done sort of expected on on one of the academy teams that, that you should or that you should be good if you're a part of. And it's, it is tricky with the academy ones, like we are saying with, with Patrick's and Feverman, to actually line them up against other teams because they don't really have to pop off because the, the team's sort of got that sort of, well, I suppose, the edge of like even sort of the, the kind of meta game and, and, and they don't have to rely on just winning out lanes and things. So it can be tricky. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a tough one. I've kind of gone for Bean, but really I could have, I think I would be happy going for any of the other ones that I've got. So I've had, obviously... Deadly has been solid as well. I think the difference between that we've seen with Deadly and Bean is that with Deadly, he would kind of, well, we he had that role before in Excel of just kind of let him farm up and then win the team fight. And I feel like they've maybe not, they're not really sort of exactly doing quite as much, um, quite as obviously that anymore. But he kind of looked through his, his like kill petition, patient stats and stuff are still really quite low kind of on, on that sort of topic. But then beans is like way higher and it you know you can kind of see that bean has just a generally a bit more of an impact throughout the game um why don't you tell me who you've gone for before we go through maybe some other ones okay. that could have gone as well so i i think bean bean is up there um i i have actually gone for deadly uh so i i could understand by what you're saying he's he's kind of just played this role of like Basically, you stay in lane, you know, and then eventually things will get good. And then, you know, eventually things will happen. Um, but when Deadly's so good at that, why wouldn't you play him like that? True. You know, for me, what I found really impressive about Deadly is that he, he obviously, uh, oh, I've I've gone blank on the support. Is it Ad, Ardivine, Advien, Advien. Advien. Um, obviously, Advien's like a great support. But for me, like when you had that synergy with Deadly and Kasing, like that duo was really, really strong and complemented each other very, very well. I think that Deadly is very much uh, like accustomed himself to Ardaven very well, 
um, to a point where I, I really see him kind of show off, not just like the similar style of we'll leave you in lane, you're solid, and you know, eventually you can you can do stuff. Um, but again, this guy played eight champions. This guy played Samira, you know, this guy played champions, which let's be honest, we, we didn't expect Deadly to play. And they worked, you know. He he managed to find the way of working them in lane, despite yet again having this kind of low kill participation. Um he he I think he was like I saw in like stats like yesterday that he was like second in KDA, you know, and, and quite high in, in kind of a lot of the stats in there as well. So while he is being left on alone, he's not like dying. He's, he's yeah. being very safe. He's being left alone. Um, it's it's hard for me as well because BTX obviously went nine and one. They they were very very impressive. Um, you, I looked at obviously Arome, I looked at Mercoon, but I think again Deadly was another player who who had to perform. I think the best that he could do. Um, despite maybe not all the time being the person who was, you know, the, the main person they kind of targeted in terms of what they wanted in teams and stuff. He was very much like, we're going to, we're going to, it's funny really, because with a team like Aroma, it felt like the draft a lot with sometimes with BTXL was, uh, Deadly, we're going to see what, what we're going to play, and the Deadly, you're going to play something which kind of complements that, which is very different from what we traditionally seen with ADCs, obviously mm-hmm. with the and how things have kind of changed like that. It's, it feels like a lot of people complaining that maybe ADC isn't like a, a much as, as much as a carry as what it used to be. But to see kind of uh, this kind of change happen with Deadly, I think is really impressive. However, can we give a shout out to Dragdar? Like, Jesus, Dragdar, what a rise this has been. Like, honestly, and, and then uh, maybe again, I'd say again with, with Barrage, like Kievo as well. Like, yeah. Dragdar and Kievo are, are both now, I feel like, are a very, very similar level, despite being kind of different players. But the way they got there was so different. Like, Dragdar had to kind of just get that drop right back down, developed himself even more in, like, lower leagues, and worked his way back up, where I feel like Kievo has just been consistently getting yeah. better and better and better. And it, it's so interesting to see kind of where these two players are going to be in the future. Because for me, I, I look at being a deadly and they're like, they're set, I think. I think they're like, they can get better, obviously. But I feel like they're at a level which I think a lot of people would expect kind of, again, you know, B-Team Fnatic bought these teams to win EU Masters. There's no, there's no denying that. So that is like the level which they are at. Well, I, I'm really interested to see where Kievo and, and, and Dragdar, especially now, in my opinion, go in like the next couple of splits. But mm. that's why I went deadly over Bean. Like, Bean, yes, uh, has definitely kind of really, really been impressive throughout practically every game he's been in. But for me, deadly with how he's kind of changed a little bit of his style, maybe not the same style of like, you know, stick him in lane, see what he does, but how he's had to change to work with different champions and how yeah. I think he's done that perfectly everything else that is why yeah and i think i i had to, um obviously drag down kevo's couple of my sort of extra ones as well and with kevo he's unlike uh in summer last year with ents he's got wins not on Ezreal as well so last split i think literally like the four wins or something that or three or four wins that ents had he played Ezreal every time um obviously the meta's not really suited for that anyway but you know it's good to see him sort of branching out a bit this time around as well um, I had Chrisberg as well as like a, a bit of an honourable mention who I think despite Nordavind sort of previously being a bit coin flip and and looking quite shaky throughout um, throughout the split I think he's looked pretty solid whereas others like Kerberos and Ericsson have definitely had off games where they haven't had much impact uh, yeah I think I think he's been, been so, pretty well so far 
Chrisberg, and obviously, like, I don't want to, right, it's nothing to do with the team. Like, obviously, it's nothing to do with the situation. So, before I make this analogy, I have to go put, like, an asterisk on it. Because you know which analogy I'm going to make. Like, for me, when I when I saw Unforgiven at Munster, I kind of saw, like, the players weren't really playing well. But then, like, every time I saw Unforgiven, and he got into my team of the split, like, last split, was because I feel like he was very consistent. And that is and, and, and very much, like, he was the person who was in charge. It felt like that with Chris Berg. Now, I'm not saying that there's obviously any like thing going on with Nordovin and stuff. It's completely different. Obviously, I believe that Nordovin performed a lot better than what Munster have done. Mm-hmm. But I, I get that same sense that like actually when I'm seeing like Nordovin at the peak, it seems like it's Chris Berg at the at the helm, and I, it's really enjoying to see yeah. to the point where if if Nordovin as a whole, I think performed you know to the level which they expected them. If they have like maybe a couple more wins and were like definitively second definitely a person who i would have put in the conversation as well yeah definitely and um opposite to what uh don drake in chat is trying to trying to say i didn't say chris berg just because i saw it in chat i actually wasn't reading it when i said it <laughs> so it's just good timing i think um but yeah definitely had a decent split as well uh i do i do have to i don't like being mean a, a little bit as well <laughs> uh and I don't want to. I don't want to be mean because I don't think it's too bad. But uh, I, I think a Chew is a person again who kind of deserves a little bit of credit. I think it's so hard for me to pick anybody from Tricked. Like if Tricked continued the momentum which they were doing, I would be like, right, yeah, well, tr- someone from Tricked had to be in there. And for me, like a Chew was someone who I kind of saw that. It just felt like it, it just didn't look good with kind of like the final games, you know. Mm. And I, I'm kind of I'm kind of a bit gutted that the fact that like. I really wanted kind of a chew to keep keep going and keep going, but you know it, it's one of those. And obviously they're still in playoffs; he can still kind of uh, show up. But he's another player who I definitely keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, when I'm looking at the the mixture of the ADCs as well. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, like I said, maybe Paulson would have been a, a shout as well. So yeah, it was a shame to kind of see that that form slip away. Um, let's go on to support them, where I finally got a bit of a, more of an interesting one actually. So uh, why have you gone for Prosper? <laughs> Spoilers, it is actually Prosper. Um, um, and kind of, well, it's, it was a tricky one. So we've got, obviously, people like, well, like the Academy ones are kind of obvious. Um, I've got Baloo written down as well. Another one with Tricks is, I think, look good in parts, but then maybe they just haven't had that consistency. But I feel like with Prosper, and this is one maybe that I'm, Kind of making some assumptions as I as I pick Prosfair, but when you look at that team, who was obviously a side that when we saw on paper looked quite decent, but had people like Dragdar who obviously don't have that much experience at this level. Um, Nolte was coming off from like the greatest from split. Exactly, well. and then you kind of look and I, I kind of saw Prosfair as like the the kind of more veteran player on that team, and I I feel like he must I I and again it's presumptions, but I presume he must have quite a big voice in game as well. Uh, and probably has quite a big part to play with that side, and um, and yeah, I think I'd, I I just think he's played really well too. He's had a, a couple of like kind of shaky games. I think it was one rail game that he had earlier on, where in one of the losses they had, I, I don't remember who it was against, but yeah, he would, he didn't look that great. But um, I think in general he's played really well, and yeah, I, I I'm kind of going it with that presumption as well that he probably does have quite a big uh, voice in the dressing room, as they say as well. Who have you gone for? Have you gone for someone else? Uh- so I've gone. I've gone for Rooks. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Oh, yeah. I'm still bad with terrible. So I'll go with fanatic, uh, fanatic support. So what you were saying with Bean, I agree with you. But for me, I 
don't think it would have been possible without this guy's support. This guy gave his life for being constantly, gave his life for the team. He has engaged, engaged, engaged throughout the entire split, non-stop, and I love it. I love, and again, maybe it's because I prefer, like, again, like, the flashiness, the, you know, the kind of the flashiness of the players, but for me, I, I, I've loved watching this guy kind of just give himself away for the team, you know, and, and I feel like, obviously, that's a lot with what supports are right now. But I, I don't think that Beam would be in the position. I still think he'd be like top, you know, top two, top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he would have been in without this guy. And I feel like actually going into this split, I feel like Rooks was one of like the players who pe- who people um, like un- not un- well. I say underrated, but like he was like the fifth probably person that people were talking about in that fanatic roster. I think at the time, and I think he's very much shown like his his worth for the side, his worth for the team, and his kind of worth for going in. And and like I said, you know, being that kind of ever like going prev present for that team, you know, I mean, he had like a massive kill participation as well. And you know, there is a lot of deaths in a, quite a few of his games, you know, which I saw, but they were never like throwaway they were always meant something and they always kind of helped push fanatic uh fanatic rising to win and i think that's also important when we had i mean let's be honest if i'm being honest like four of the top three teams were in group b you know so in a very very competitive group there's a reason why you know like singularity barrage you know and and uh fanatic dig so well because they were obviously in that same group and they were just the three were three of the four best teams yeah and um, I, I've loved seeing Rooks play, and I, I love kind of seeing uh, how he develops and how he and Bean develop as well. Because you know, sometimes it's 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 hard to kind of get like an instant connection. I think with like a bot lane duo, uh, we saw it actually, and I do have to give you props. We saw it with Dragdar, and we we saw it with uh, we saw it with Prosper. We've we also saw it with with Sefe and Kievo as well. Like kind of like your know, uh, bot lanes, which kind of just connected really well and kind of worked really well. Um, for me, like I've just really enjoyed Rooks and he, I think he deserves it and I also I wouldn't have had a fanatic player in my team in the split and it, that did feel <laughs> wrong so I actually looked at it and I thought for me who has been like the best player for fanatic and I, I do think it's the support fair enough it's a good shout um all right then let's but, be correct though he did have a wobbler versus fanatic <laughs> he, versus, versus barrage like he did have a wobbler versus barrage but you know it, I understand that but apart from that brilliant yeah all right then tom who is your mvp and why is it uh lindergaard for his uh for his own games <laughs> uh so my mvp and i i normally like to do something interesting i can't go further uh mccoon mccoon's my mvp mm-hmm. i i i think he's he's looked very very good um We've already said it. I, I, for me, I think he's just looked the best player in, in the league. You know, if we had to go off, like I've said, if we had to go off like most valuable player, like this player has been the most valuable to a team, it, it's a hero. But in terms of for me, my opinion, MVP is like best player of the split. I, I, I think it's Nakum. Yeah, um, I'd agree as well. I've got the same for mine, and yeah, it's kind of like, like you say, the same things we kind of said earlier, and it's maybe not a huge surprise, like with the. The kind of expectation of him like like you said when when dan went up to fanatic a lot of the sort of community um suggestion was that maybe markum should have been the one to go up and like you said maybe it was a bit early uh, at that stage but he's kind of does look like a cup of the rest and i think it's probably a matter of time until we see him get a chance maybe even the next split or two uh, in the nec 
Yeah, also, sure. we're a bit biased, I think, because I've realised that I was looking through previous teams of the split, and I'm pretty sure we've gone for a jungler every single time. <laughs> even, the, even the time when we went for different junglers in our team of the split, and I'm pretty sure we both picked junglers. Because I'm pretty sure I picked like Dan and you picked Tax, so one of us picked Dan. Yeah, we did. Yeah, both that, I think in UKLC, yeah, it's a bit of a thing. But it's obviously it's a role that is like so um, like important to the whole team. And I feel like with um and i say this with marcoon but you could also kind of apply it to a lot of other teams as well but with it being like more or less a fresh roster that whereas obviously deadly was the only player but then being with four other new players it is basically a completely new side uh, and obviously the jungler is is really pivotal in in sort of gelling that all together like you say you can obviously say that for most junglers at this level where it's new rosters pretty much every split but um, i suppose that just makes their job even harder um all right then. So the one that people have been waiting for, I believe this one. Who have so you... it's coach, coach of the split? Who have you gone for? Because I, well, if we go back to the last one, um, I did. I don't remember who did you do last split. I did Nico the Pico, basically for the uh, for the fanatic lossless run that I thought was quite impressive. I did. I did Pad, I believe. You know? Oh yeah, 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 you did. Who, uh, by the way, you know, pretty good choice now. <laughs> yeah, good scouting. <laughs> Yeah, and then I um, obviously got flamed for mine uh, for not choosing Vandetto from uh, for Godsent. Um, are you going to go for a, a similar kind of one this year of like a, I don't want to say like overachiever, but yeah, someone that's kind of gone above and beyond what was expected? Or are you going for one of the top ones? Uh, I've I've gone for one of the top ones. Uh, and I'm saying one of the top ones because I've gone for Serza for Barrage as my coach next week. Um, because I think that actually... Um, the performances which that side have done in a large part have been very, very just solid, consistent, like a really, really good group of players which have been brought together. And I and I look at coach, not just like coaching, but kind of recruitment, which brings people in. For me, personally, I couldn't give it to Swiffer. I couldn't give it to Nico the Pico because they basically had these squads and got built these squads, which are like EU Masters challenging squads. And only way for me for them to have actually in my opinion got like coach of the split was if they went undefeated you know like mm-hmm. and if they like fully dominated but what i saw from garage was not just kind of like consistency and beating you yeah, obviously they, they got the win against Fnatic, uh but i also saw like development i also saw differences from them you know it wasn't just a we're going to stick to one style and do it you know we're going to keep going you know sometimes like mummus is going to uh, pop off you've got kievo who's always there you've got random who's doing you know a lot of stuff and everybody involved was, was doing their part and i think a lot of part of that is not just for me, like again, like coaching staff isn't just Serza. Obviously, we've got to put Serza on the on there. It's like it's the rest of the coaches as well. And and we've known for a while that Barrage has obviously had like a, a really good infrastructure to go that. And it's shown it, it's definitely been showing off with the way that it's it's occurred here. And I do think Serza deserves it. I really do. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. And um, like you said, yeah, it just has done really well. And a lot of like we know behind the scenes, uh, obviously AJ always seems to get a, a shout out with this kind of thing. So. There's his shout out for that as well. Um, I've gone for a different one. I've also not gone for an academy, so I'm oh. kind of going for a bit of an interesting one. Uh, and actually, I had I, my honourable mention. I've even got another one that's not an academy as well. So I've got a, f- a few that I was going to choose from. Um, I've gone for Torek for Singularity, oh. and I'm not just pandering because I saw him in the chat. I honestly did have Torek. I honestly, honestly did have you down as my coach of the split, and. It's kind of like what we were saying with similar kind of things um, 
to with Prosphere, where it's the fact that it is a side that has kind of I don't want to say overachieved because you know when we had like Dragdar on, you know he's he said that they ex- kind of expected to be as good as they were, and um, obviously you know you usually would back yourself like that. But then as for an outsider looking in, you know Singularity are are looking stronger than we we would have expected, and especially with someone like Dragdar coming in that hasn't really played at this level before, and and he's gelled in really nicely, and um, yeah, it looks like just the whole team has has gelled really well. And you have to imagine that the coaching staff had a pretty big part to play in that. Um, one that I had as well as a bit of a, an honourable mention, there's maybe a bit of a one more from left field, but I also had um, Doric from Nordavind, kind of for the resurgence. So obviously they didn't look good at the start, uh, but Nordavind are a side that have, have been picking up. They ended up, I think, with the two a week last week. Uh, and I feel like, you know, in that case, you probably got to give a, a fair bit of credit to the coaches as well to be able to not only just sort of have a good team, but one that can actually help to to sort of work on issues too. So, yeah, I think Doric was um, a fair enough shout as well. But yeah, I've gone for Doric on mine. And it's not pandering for the chat. It was honestly my pick. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? To, to actually say on, on Torek being picked, I think I think it's fair because... I actually think, and I think we've said this a, a lot with Team Singularity, you kind of look at Dragdar, obviously, you look at Prosper. Like, Prosper obviously didn't have the greatest time when he was at Nordov in that brief time, and also at Envision. Wasn't wasn't great, really. If we, it was good, but it was never like what we were expecting. Obviously, he took that time mm-hmm. away. Then got Dragdar, who's literally come from the UKEL and made his way straight into the NLC. You got Fafuri, who's like, let's be honest, like, I think has performed some of the best out of the mid laners. When someone who's be honest, I wouldn't have even considered that at the point. You got Nolte who didn't perform that well at uh, at Nordovin, if being honest. And probably the only one who was actually like in form was Wizo. Like Wizo was actually really good last split. So he's actually put those t- put these players together. He's identified that these players are actually you know have strength, have qualities which per- perhaps weren't seen with other teams, and it's worked. I, I also do actually agree with you as well on, on, on Nordovin. I think I think Dorit does definitely deserve it. And then I think also we, we would be amiss to miss out. Um, oh, what is Godsense coach? What is his name? John, isn't it? John, the, oh, is it? the guy from XL. Well, used to be XL. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. See, underrated. Going to say <laughs> underrated. Yeah, I, I think he's done a consistent job with, with, with Godsense as well. So I, I, I do... I, I like consistency as well sometimes, not not just sometimes having that, you know, because I feel like sometimes it's really actually hard. It's really easy to motivate a team, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's it's actually hard to keep a team motivated, in my opinion. But there's been some good coaches. There are always good coaches coming through. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, with that, that is our team of the split. So whose record would win then if they went against each other, Tom? I mean, you've got you've got Feb of it. <laughs> if, if you get a Feb of it retweet, you've won, right? <laughs> uh, I I would say that um, it's really interesting overall. If we're being if we're completely honest, to see that we we were very very set on XL's top two, the XL's top jungle, um, and then actually to see us like differ, I think on the three kind of does actually show a lot because I I know that there's been a lot of kind of cases where in previous splits we've been. Oh, it's just Fnatic and XL. But genuinely, I do think there's been a lot of competition um, mm-hmm. this, as opposed to like previous. Like last year, we had uh, we had Riddle, um, you know, and we had kind of that renaissance of Riddle. We we kind of had tricked as well, but for me, like Riddle was like the standout. 
So it was very much like, well, we picked from three. But this time, you know, we, we've had like four, five solid teams who we could put in, you know, like I said, I, I, I would say that some people would be upset to not see Sahira kind of, you know, go into even mm-hmm. MVP or, or even into the mid lane, you know, with his performances. You know, and there's a lot of other ADCs as well who have really stepped up. So I'm, I'm really happy with kind of how everything is. And I'm really looking forward to kind of, Seeing how these things can change in playoffs, because obviously playoffs means mm-hmm. everything. And exactly. I can't wait. We've 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 give Markoon the MVP, and I can't wait for them to lose to Fnatic <laughs> and just get dominated by um, by Maxi. Well, um, we've got apparently Serza has said that the the overall coach of the split will be determined by the winner of the barrage singularity uh, tiebreaker. So <laughs> we'll get the official, bad. unofficial, official coach of the split after that um yeah before we kind of round out then we can maybe just talk a bit about sort of how the split's gone in general so obviously we have had changes to split with the the scheduling and stuff which i think was quite a big complaint people had um from summer last year and to be fair i don't think in terms of the actual like broadcasts themselves like in the timings of it i i didn't really see a change in that and i think that was something that people weren't too happy with especially um the players sort of more into Europe where the, the time zone's a bit later and they're playing like gone like 11 p.m. Uh, and it still seems like that's the case. And I don't really know, I still don't really understand why it starts at six o'clock. Like it starts at six o'clock UK time and seven o'clock like Central European time. And I I still don't really get why it's not an hour earlier. Like all the other leagues, I'm sure, usually start at, uh, at six o'clock for Europe, uh, for the rest of Europe, like the LEC does as well. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. I wonder if we would see that change later on, or because we kind of wondered if it was partly the whole thing of being uh, in partnership with BBC as well, and kind of had to to deal with them and agree things with them. The NLC obviously wasn't on BBC this split, so that wasn't an issue. But then the timing didn't really seem to change. So um, a bit of a strange one in that sense. And I suppose the only other uh, sort of unfortunate thing is um, something we've, we've spoken about a bit off broadcast, but is the the viewership, which we haven't really seen change um, or haven't yeah. seen increase. Um, I think last split even was probably higher in a lot of cases, but that's I think mainly because it was on the Twitch homepage. But then I think the viewership question, uh, the viewership topic, kind of gets even more highlighted this split when you see what's happening in the French league, where they've got like co-streams even starting now. Uh, and there was a game that had like two hundred thousand viewers or something ridiculous for the no, NFL. I, I recently did. Uh, I recently did an article about January's uh, viewership on Esports Insider. If you want to want to check over that website, uh, and I look, I I highlighted the the rise of the LFL a little bit as well. And I checked that in January, like the top five matches were above a hundred thousand peak viewership. Like that's that's insane. Not just to have it once, because sometimes you can have like one game. It just so happens that everybody watches it at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. To get like five games above, and I I checked that is more than what like the Smite World Championships got, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is crazy. quite insane, really. And I believe like the Call of Duty, like the welcome, not the the league, but like you know they did like a, a welcome back kind of like a locking kind of thing. I think yeah. it was like. Uh, they got more than that as well. And I'm like, it's insane. Uh, for me, it breeds success. Like, I actually look at it, though. I, I guess it's a little bit different with, with France because, like, France is a French-speaking broadcast. Like, So there's a there's a, a big audience for kind of a different-speaking broadcast. But for me, in my opinion, like, I don't think Fnatic doing 
we had one NLC team actually in the group stage, probably didn't help for EU Masters, because I think a lot of that player base watches EU Masters, sees kind of that hype, and that's where you get the casual viewers in. It doesn't help that Fnatic didn't do very well. Yeah, obviously, Magic Felix left to go to China for Worlds, you know, and so that's why. But that still doesn't help, I think, then when you're trying to hype up the next season, because people are going to look at it and be like, well, you know, no one did very well. Because obviously, just from a casual viewer standpoint, mm -hmm. they're not going to be like, ah, oh, well, we don't know that the whole teams are going to change and that actually we've got really two strong teams. They're just going to look at it and say, well, they didn't do very well. They, they've not won it, you know? And so I do think that that kind of like competitiveness kind of breeds a little bit of viewership. Also, like, I do think that NLC could do a, a little bit better, but there's always so much you can do. You know, it's, it's, I'm not like an expert in viewership, so it is very difficult to pinpoint it. I do think the fact that it's like English broadcast, English broadcast League of Legends does limit it a little bit because, yeah. you know, it, it, you've, a lot of people are already seeing an English broadcast. What makes, I think, the LFL so interesting is the fact that, like, hey, you don't need to learn English to watch it. You, If you're French, you can watch this, you know, and that could be very easily accessible to people. But uh, I, I hope that... I, I have a strong belief that I think that NLC is going to do really well at EU Masters, and I, hopefully that that can kind of help build onto kind of things in the future in terms of you know getting more viewers. Because getting more viewers just creates, I think, a, a healthier environment as well. You know, it gets more people interested, mm -hmm. whether it be sponsors or anything like that. You know. Yeah, that you imagine would probably make what players want to play there more as well to actually get more of a um, a platform too. Um, funnily enough, I think from from what I noticed. The highest viewership I saw, I think, was Fnatic's first game against Barrage, and I presume it was because it was Feverven's first game in the NLC, and it was like almost five thousand, uh, and obviously they lost. <laughs> so, yeah, a bit of an unfortunate one for them. Um, but yeah, I wonder, I do wonder if maybe co-streaming is something that that could come into it. Obviously, we see it more and more with um, some of the bigger leagues now as well. Oh, you're not making us do more work, I. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do it. You never know. But co-stream the NLC. <laughs> <laughs> but even if I don't know, even if like for example for Fnatic, if they could get I don't know like one of their main roster players to co-stream just a, a couple of games here and there, I, I don't know, even things like that could probably help a lot. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's something that I, maybe could come into it. What I do appreciate, yeah, and and, and this is so I've looked, I've, I've got esports charts up right now, and like the fourth, like the top five is. Uh, Four of them are from week one, day one, which you would expect. However, week two, day one, Dusty Granite is the fourth most viewed with like 3,000 views. So it's like, it actually, like, out of all of them, only two of them are, the, are have got Academy teams in. You know, you've got Dusty Tricked, Dusty Granite, uh, Godsent Granite. So there is an interest in kind of in, in that. And maybe sometimes it's not always like the Academy teams, but uh, I, I think there's definitely an interest in it. And it would be interesting kind of how it's going to develop. Uh, mm -hmm. But I do think it will. I just please just don't change. Don't just don't look at this and be like, right, it's because the format, you know, or it's because <laughs> you know, maybe they're going to change it to just make it a straight format, you know. Don't you know? But don't don't think like, oh, we need to rebrand, we need to rechange anything. Because I think that also hurts the scene as well. Like when like people know the Premier League as the Premier League, you know, and while obviously this is really like out there thing if they changed it to like english football first division yeah i bet you there would be some some casual football fans who wouldn't actually know that it like really casual fans who wouldn't know it or especially like foreign fans who wouldn't know it because 
you know, it's a different name, it's a different brand, it's a different format or anything like that. So it's like, I, just don't change the format. Keep keep it kind mm-hmm. of same. Maybe adapt it a little bit, but keep the branding, push it a little bit more, and, and hopefully things will improve. And I think yeah. it will because the quality has been, I would say, better this split than it has last bit. Yeah, I like how they've done like the I like the um the like uh like highlight breakdown things that they've done now with like the whole interactive um kind of like when you it's like when you watch like Sky Sports when they start drawing arrows and stuff and. I don't. Know, yeah. I quite like it as a like a, a, a regular sports fan. It's it's quite interesting and uh, quite entertaining as well. So yeah, I, I like maybe what they're doing with the broadcast in general. We, maybe it's just the case of like they're holding off because they do eventually probably want people in a studio. I think you know obviously they've got like they've got their own studio. Yeah. Obviously nobody can go in it right now, but maybe it's just a case of we'll we'll do this. We'll we'll make sure we just keep it rolling, 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 and then when it's in the studio, maybe that's when it could be up. Because let's be honest, like. As much I I will watch it because I am a massive fan of League of Legends and watching League of Legends, but there are a lot of people who don't want to watch it from an online format. They like the familiarity of having everybody around a desk, you know, having everybody kind of talking about that and interacting. You know, cause it's a little bit more normal than I would say, like you know, having four people on a screen, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of that as well, and it's why, in my opinion, like a lot of people have praised the LEC. And a lot of people are kind of like a bit down on the LCS, but like the LCS can't really do the same stuff that the LEC does because the LEC have access to the studio where the LCS don't because you know the, the the situation which is beyond their control. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that that might also help as well. Um, do uh, I haven't watched any like I've watched I've watched the games of LFL, but I've never I've not actually watched like casted and stuff do they do it online or is it offline for them as well i'm not actually sure lfl i'm i think i've seen um super league i'm pretty sure is in the studio and i have a feeling that the prime league is as well i'm not sure about the lfl or not and i suppose the advantage they have is that obviously they're all in the same country too so you know getting the casters together for the nlc is obviously much harder especially with the uk like having so many travel restrictions and stuff so i suppose yes yeah, that's almost an, another thing really it's not too much in their control to actually get it done like if even like the the danish league um and i noticed this i think i saw goldball tweeting like a tour of their office because the danish league actually is in a studio uh, a small studio but they're actually in studio where the casters are, are actually next to each other and I, I know what you mean it it does it just kind of feels like you're watching something more polished obviously with it, it being online you get like they are like i like i said i only i only watch go just jump straight into the games because i don't Unfortunately, have like the time to like listen to analysis and stuff, and it's in French. Oh, speak French. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, that also like, that's also online, so that probably helps as well. It, it's it's something which is so massive, but people don't realize how much of an effect yeah. it has. I think because it's and obviously when it been online, even just watching the desk, you kind of you can see the moments where I think we spoke about it before, like the uh, with Foxtrot when he was on, but about like just knowing when to speak and and not talking over each other and stuff, and you do. You can tell, obviously, when it happens. Sometimes it it goes a bit quiet for a second, and then it's Galder has to think of something to say. And I suppose it's maybe not something people consciously think of too much, but then when you watch it, you can kind of see how it's maybe a bit. Um, I don't say like unprofessional, but it doesn't seem quite as polished. And it, again, it's not really something that's in their control right now. So hopefully, once things die down, maybe by summer twenty twenty three, when um, finally Corona's actually gone, then we'll get a studio, and uh, and, uh, oh, and things yeah. will pick up from there. We can only wait, but I think the um, moving to three days a week I think has been all right as well. The only the only one thing I don't like about it is just it feels like it's gone over. It's just happened so quick. Um, 
And I don't know, it just feels a bit weird that it's just over so fast. It feels like we just started yeah, the new split. Yeah, than what we have. What, what we, I mean, let's be honest here. Maybe if we had it two days a week, would we have another riddle situation where, like, the team which is in play-ins will have to play, like, 50 games? Yeah, true. At least, they, at least like, the NLC is going to hopefully be finished, like, one of the first leagues and have more of a break and then an advantage at EU Masters. Maybe that was the main reason to do it. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. That would be really good, though. Um, I mean, we Still don't know how many spots I think. Uh, yeah, true. NFC's get, uh, but because they normally announce it, but I think it's going to be the exact same. I yeah, get in. It probably will. I think, I think we're getting two, and one of them's going to be a play-in. Mm -hmm. So sad, sad face. Yeah. Um, maybe one thing to talk about quickly before we do start to come to a close as well. We had the uh, Fnatic Rising LEC head-to-head uh, -head with um, with Dan against Matty Felix last weekend. And kind of sadly, I don't. I, I I was kind of like watching it on the side, but I don't think I I noticed them sort of big up that that head to head or use that as like a storyline. Megalodontis Wait, obviously I, did the I job of like doing it. Did, but then I'm like, no, Megalodontis. Did. Exactly, <laughs> like... yeah. So Megalodontis obviously did like this, the like duo interview with them uh, and asking them like about each other and, and about each other's picks and stuff, and I thought it was really cool. And I was thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'll watch the get the broadcast on i'm sure they will highlight it and it'd be cool to talk about maybe nlc on there and then they didn't um from what i could tell like you said they did talk about nlc so i wouldn't I, I don't i didn't listen to that segment so maybe they they talked about it there right? maybe and then um uh, magic Phoenix well, obviously I, would off. Say, I would say like i feel so proud seeing how well magic Phoenix is doing like like because like they're not like obviously they the record isn't great, like, but they're not bottom anymore. I believe. I, I believe that they're not bottom. Um, I think is it Vitality now? I think. About? Um, I have a look because I think Vitality just won like one of the last games as well. Um, but either way, like they're not like sole bottom. Um, and I I don't think they've been that bad. And it's nice to see kind of Magic Felix actually play really well. Like yeah. even it, like I said that the joke obviously is the Misfits game where like again like. When he's zero 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 as a cork in, they're like nine k down in ten minutes. What what do you do? You know, and it's like and and they banned Corky and he, <laughs> he he still won. So it was I really really enjoyed seeing uh, how well Magic Phoenix has done. And in turn, like I think Dan has has proven a lot of people wrong as well. Like I think Dan has really kind of showed up, uh, and and so I'm glad to see kind of both of them do well. Yeah, I I, I mean. I've like I'm inherently more into Astralis and, and BTXL just because they've got Dan and Magic Felix, which is yeah. it's probably just because we've we've seen them and we like we know how good Magic Felix can be. Like Magic Felix has always been very good. It's nice to see him kind of on an LEC stage doing it and actually not you know, the the one worry I had is that it's just gonna get destroyed and it would have just been sad. You know, but it's not. And I I I would it be surprised if, obviously, if he, he may stay with Astralis. We don't know kind of the situation that's happening. But even if it's like he's done his time and he's, he, he, that's it, he's back, you know, either, I don't know, we might see him on Astralis talent. They might just keep him on there and put him <laughs> in there. You, know, you never know. Um, but, like, in, whether it's all said and done, I, I think he's made a good, like, name for himself to actually be picked up into the LEC, I think, next foot as well. And I, and I hope to see so. Yeah. And it was funny because that win against Excel. He kind of didn't really play in a way that we usually see. So we would usually see like people like Corky Azir, where he would just farm, scale up, and then get a few like, kills in one team fight. But yeah, he was like popping off on Syndra, like smashing people, and it was like it was like a new Magi Felix. And I suppose maybe it helps him to start off on online. Like if we are sort of buying into still the 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 
the one storyline everyone still has about him. Um, but at least playing online, he doesn't look like there's any nerves affecting him at all. So, you know, hopefully that'll just carry over back to when uh, when things are back on stage and he'll just keep smashing people. Um, so yeah, that's, if they, that's if they get on stage. I don't, <laughs> we don't know. Like, we don't know if Magifilis, how long Magifilis is going to be there. Because I think they did say, like, Nuke Duck would... I think in their statement, they were, like, saying, like, oh, we... Um, we look forward to having Nuke Duck back, like once in whatever personal issues are sorted. He's given a break for, for for reasons, which I'm glad that nobody's ever like found out because it's personal and everything like that. Uh, you know, but I think what the interesting thing would be is like, I, did Astralis think that Magic Felix would actually make a, probably this much of an impact as what he has done? And it's like it's that kind of awkward question of like, well, do we stick with this or do, or do we not? Yeah. You know. I think, and, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer because you never know. Like, we don't know what the situation is with Nuke Duck. I don't want to speculate at all on what the situation with Nuke Duck was, but it could have something which could have affected him from the beginning of the split or, you know, for yeah. a while now, you know, something like that. So he may come back off this and be a brand new player and a better player and, you know, feel like everything's a little bit better now. So we, we don't know. Uh, but either way, just looking at the Magic Felix standpoint alone, I think he's made a good he's made a good account for himself, and I'm glad, you know, because the guy's got the guy's literally like he's the he's the poster boy for solo queue, and it's good to see <laughs> him doing well in the NEC. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be fair, like the import rules going, so we will probably be with like, NA. You know? He'll probably probably go into mortals probably. They had Ica. Like, no, no, no hate on Ica, but they had Ica, so they could have matches. Yeah. I know it's like obviously way off topic of NLC at this point, but do you see um, Reggie, the TSM owner, like his his tweets the other day as well? He just went, just basically had like a breakdown, just kept tweeting imports like over and over again, and 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 just got kind of roasted on Twitter for just saying. I think he said to, like to Vulcan that if if he wasn't playing in the LCS, he would be working at McDonald's, and um, yeah, just not a great look for him and TSM or just I, all the owners I, with that stuff going on. I love uh, Demonte tweeting like, "Can't wait for me to have a bad game and feel unemployed." <laughs> he's just, he's just waiting. <laughs> no, but I, I, I would love to kind of have like, we could, we, we're gonna probably do a whole podcast on that anyway in the off season if it does occur, because I think it does have a very big implication of the European regional league, you know, and kind of like, you know, will will that actually affect? Uh, the ERLs in general, and could it actually even weaken the strength of the ERLs? Because if we would not just everybody looks at the import rule, and is the import rule just going to be the LCS or is it going to be Academy as well? It's going to be Academy. Are we going to see kind of the top ERL talent also go to Academy? Mm. Yeah, which could you know, prove to be not great, I would say, for, for maybe some development. So that there's a there's a lot to talk about that. That well, like I said, we've got personally, I don't think they're going to abolish the import i think there'd be like, there'd be way too much hate for it i don't yeah i can't imagine it happening it'd be so ridiculous because i think one reasoning i saw as well was saying like oh because the player base in na is so small that it would it would put us on a level playing field with other regions it's like if you say that you could basically say that for every region except for china it's like well europe has more people than na but then china has 10 times the servers that europe has so obviously has more players than everyone, so just you know, open up the restrictions for everybody. Then it's just ridiculous. I don't, I don't see any yeah, way. Prime, you just said, what would be the point in regional leagues if like NA can just like scoop it up? Yeah, uh, I, I think I think at the end of the day, like as well, like to to briefly put a point on this, I I think that uh, in my opinion, 
people still follow players, not organizations. I feel like that is changing, and I feel like that will continue to change where people will kind of more invest in organizations than players themselves. I feel like there are a few organizations who do well of that. But for me, just because, like, you could affect viewership in Europe if, say, like, all of these players leave Europe to go to NA because this import thing is. And we may, it could be Korea as well, China. So we're not just saying that they're going to just take Europeans, let's be honest. Uh, but that could actually have a massive effect on kind of people's enjoyment because they might not want to stay up to like 10 p.m. to watch their favorite player play, uh, play League of Legends. So they just won't watch the European League anyway because their favorite player doesn't play there. Maybe. Could result in issues like that. So it's there's... Yeah, and and they may open it up to all, but I, we, it'll be interesting to see. I I I, I highly doubt that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I see an argument of like um, people say, "Oh, yeah, well, you know, like football teams barely have any of their own uh, like country a lot of the times." But even then, you still have some level to it. You still have to have some amount, and and fans do still prefer to have their own like nationality in their team. It's just like a. a a sort of national pride kind of thing like people just yeah, do look at, look at team singularity with three uk players <laughs> exactly <laughs> or just even like in LC- i don't know orgs must see in lcs when a na player does well like the fans seem to love it so it's just yeah it's ridiculous and i can't see it happening it's just so dumb but um yeah anyway is there any any other topics you wanted to cover or do you think we should uh, start to wrap it up I'm really looking forward to to what the how the deciders are going to go. I'm also looking forward to playoffs. I think there's a lot of interesting ways that the playoffs could go. And um, I am not as confident as I was like halfway through the split that we're going to see actually see an academy v academy time. And so I'm I'm very interested to see if that does happen because um, from like from a competitive standpoint, I actually hope we do see two academy teams going into EU Masters. So I do think that, in my own personal opinion, it's the best chance we've got of kind of doing well. But then also part of me is like, oh, but it would be good to see like Barrage or, you know, to see like a Team Singularity go in. And I guess because Team Singularity are still like a well-known name, just not in League of Legends. So it would be cool to see them go through. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We'll wait and see. Okay, cool. Let's uh, maybe start to wrap up then. Before we do, of course, as always, uh, we'll have a quick checkup on uh, on what's been going on with the UK EL, who do kindly host us here. So if we just look quickly at the table as things stand, so um, demise still sitting there, clearly at the top. And after their um, their loss to Hive a couple of weeks ago, they are back with another two O week. So they are yeah, like I say, firmly at the top there with the last couple of weeks to go. Um, with Vi- I, love oh, I love this. Sorry, because what's that? I, was, I want to talk about demise right now because because obviously in the UKLC, demise have relegated. Yeah, uh, Demise Academy look pretty pretty good right now. Yeah, so are we are we gonna see? I, I hate saying you know like when Barrage faced Barrage. <laughs> <laughs> like, I oh. don't know, you know, but very interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Hey, at the end of the day, the Academy team's doing great, and and they're really interesting to watch. So uh, you know, fair play to them. They're definitely making a name for themselves and. It, you could genuinely just see this team just go up, just be promoted as the actual, you know, the actual <laughs> team, which is really interesting. Oh, oh d- denies academy kind of promote. Oh, uh. no, but that team is probably just gonna wait, wait. So if demise get relegated, yeah, then de- what demise just? I guess demise academy just becomes demise. Maybe and yeah. Maybe just 
and then, um, anyway. yeah, and then the roster just gets picked up probably in the UKLC. Um, but yeah, um, so then other than Demise Academy, we've got obviously Viperio and Hive both on 7-3 as well, uh, who look pretty set uh, to, to secure some playoff spots. The, the last playoff spot, though, is a lot tighter. So you've got LDN, Lucendi, Mythos, and Nerd Rage all on 4-6. and six. Um, Munster, unfortunately, though, uh, clearly at the bottom there right now at 1-9, with a chance to, to turn things around a bit in the last couple of weeks if they were to win basically every game. Uh, there is still technically, I think, playoff hopes. So, um, yeah, still things to play for there. This is, uh, this is the, the Spider-Man meme. You know, where, like, where he takes off the glasses. <laughs> and I'm like, this is NLC Group A. And then he puts the glasses <laughs> on. I'm like, no, it's the UK uh, EL7. Because that is a close playoff <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Well, yeah, like you say, four all-on-level turns where it could go from playoffs to relegations. It's crazy. Um yeah, they're looking at, at the games that are actually going to start to decide these kind of spell, uh, these kind of sports. Um, the play is back this Thursday, 6 p.m. GMT, as always. Starting with Demise Academy against Nerd Rage. Um, then Munster, like I say, looking to still keep their playoff hopes alive against LDN, uh, who are one of the sides that they could overtake, potentially. So um, obviously all to play for there. Then we've got Viperio and Hive against each other trying to Big secure game. that second place. Six-pointer, you could say, or, or two-pointer, I guess, in League of Legends. Uh, and then to end with another uh, two-pointer as well, Mythos against Lucendi. So, um, yeah, do look out for those. And then, um, yeah, that's more or less it from us. As always, you can, of course, follow uh, the UKEL to watch our future episodes. We are usually here live every Sunday at 4 p.m. I think next week, I'm pretty sure the UKLC playoffs will be at that time, so we might have to do maybe a bit earlier on Sunday. We'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. Um, we should have a, a guest maybe from an academy team next week. I don't want to say for sure. It's still not set in stone, so I'll just tease it a little bit. Um, I mean, I mean, there's, there's not many academy. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> there's probably... We could we could proper troll it and be like Eminem Academy, you know, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, well, to know once we've got a guest locked in and who it is, you can follow us on Twitter as well, where we where we post the updates about future episodes, and obviously you can follow us directly on Twitter too. Uh, both myself and Tom here with our Twitters on the screen, um, and lastly, follow on YouTube or Spotify if you're watching back later on there too. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for watching.